Hello, 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 and welcome to the Beautifully Nasty Podcast. I'm your host, Bianca. Happy Wednesday, y'all. I hope everyone had a beautiful day. I was thinking because I'm close to recording my 20th episode, which is just wild because I feel like I started the podcast yesterday, but it made me kind of reflect a lot about my commitment to myself because I don't think I've ever committed to myself like I have been these past few months. And it's funny because my mom said to me, she's like, you're you have this like energy about you, like you're you're like at ease, but also just like so, so happy, so high up and like in your vibration or frequency. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I kind of am. And it's a very um, it's a beautiful feeling. I do have to say, and so it just, it kind of made me want to bring this up on today's episode um, for all of the listeners to just remember to commit to yourself. You know, we all have one life. Do, Do what feels good for you and surround yourself with people that match your energy and make you feel good and support you. Because I just think that the amount of healing and forward moving I have made within the past six months is it's just it's made me feel proud of myself and everything that I'm doing and where I'm at and like moving forward I'm like oh I'm excited you know I'm excited I don't know what's gonna happen but I'm pretty excited right now to see where my life's gonna take me uh so I kind of just I wish that for everyone I, I hope everyone um really commits to their to themselves and feels good in their everyday life and enjoy the process of moving forward and trying to reach your goal, not just obsessing over a goal, but enjoying the process while doing it. So that's my little tidbit of advice for the day. I'm super excited for this episode. I We have Katie Williams on today's episode. She is an intuitive reader and she is so wonderful and you can just tell the amount of kindness she has in her heart and how uh, and and patience because you know what she talks about healing yourself committing to yourself dealing with trauma um really looking inside yourself it can be complicated and some people necessarily don't believe in that stuff and she does a really great job at like breaking it down i kept saying in the interview i was like oh my gosh you're so good at at explaining all of this. Like you make it less complicated in my head. And I don't know if it's just because like I'm (laughs) I'm like trying to keep up with learning more and more about the healing process of life. But um, she's great. She's so great. And she's trying to influence people and help people to be comfortable and confident on their journey in life and deal with stuff and not be scared about dealing with it. And I think that if you want to help people in general, you're a beautiful soul. But I I think trying to help people in today's day and age find that self-love and that and do the inner work. It's um it's definitely a very it's a beautiful career. So I'm excited to share this interview with you today. Introducing Katie Williams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beautifully Nasty podcast. I'm your host, Bianca, and today I am here with Katie Williams. Thank you so much for being here, Katie. 
Thank you for having me. So let's just jump right into it. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, so I am an intuitive reader and teacher, and I have a focus in conscious living, feminine health, and just spiritual growth. But I started my journey, actually, I was always intuitive from a young age. I had such a strong imagination. And then my first introduction to what I do now was through manifestation. And then I was at a point where I was in college and things just weren't aligning anymore. And I'll go into that a little bit later because there are things that happen that will apply to this whole conversation. But things started to come together where I was introduced to different intuitive teachers. And I found a love for combining intuition with feminine health and connection and living consciously. And that is everything that I do today. And I just started recently teaching classes and offering a lot of different options for one-on-one sessions. That's awesome. Congrats on starting to teach. That's always a great thing. Did the pandemic help you to start that whole process or business for yourself? It did because it kind of made me look inward, especially because I had a lot of friendships at the time that put a focus on my femininity. And I talk about that a lot in my intuitive practice. And it kind of just made me see how it was okay to be authentic and uh, to start honing in on my intuition, which got me in a such a big alignment for what I do now. That that is awesome. That I always it always makes me happy to hear people talk about this stuff because you it really is inspiring when you talk to people because everyone's journey is totally different. But when you talk to someone and you're like, oh, that it's so beautiful when you kind of go through your hardships and then you come you come out and realize like, oh, wait, I can just be my authentic self. It seems so simple. And it's like literally all I talk about on the podcast. But it's so it's such a difficult thing for people. I think it's just the process of life is that you figure out what who you are and how to be authentic. But it does take a lot of ups and downs along the road, clearly. Yeah. And uh, I strongly believe that as a soul, when we come uh, to this earth, we know exactly who we are, but our human mind, you know, as a baby and a child doesn't comprehend it on, uh, on uh, a physical level. Sure. And then, you know, we take in so many different experiences and thoughts and belief systems that kind of pull us away from who we are. But it's great to see that So many people are starting to talk about it and help people to uh, remember who they are. Yes, exactly. I love it. So when you were younger, how did this intuitiveness come about? Like, what were you experiencing? So uh, it actually came to me in the form of my imagination, which has always been super strong with manifestation or helping me work through different situations. And when I was young, I used to use my imagination 
to write and draw and dance. And I, mm-hmm. I loved to teach. And it actually helped me to put everything together now with how I deliver information. So just like closing my eyes and letting everything run wild because when you just let things come in and when you receive, then you can pick up on all the intuitive messages and callings that are in your highest alignment. Sure. That makes total, that totally makes sense. What would you say for people who are, who are kind of like, eh, cause I'm sure there's going to be listen, listeners like, yeah, but how do you know if that's real? How do you kind of explain that to people who may be like, that's not my thing, or I don't believe in that? It actually comes with a lot of trust and surrender. Sure. So when we experience things in the physical, we emotionally attach ourselves to them and uh, we unconsciously come into a state of controlling rather than allowing and receiving. Mm -hmm. But actually, when we start to allow and receive, especially with intuition, then we put our faith in, in not just if you believe in God or a creator or the mm-hmm. universe, because that's such a huge part of it and mm-hmm. of intuitive growth, but also knowing that our body was designed perfectly to do what it's supposed to do. Totally. And it knows what to do, even though our conscious mind might not understand it when uh, we kind of take our foot off the pedal and say, okay, I'm just going to allow and receive. Then you don't have to question anything because you'll start to see physically how it all comes together. Oh my God. The way you just explained that made me feel better about life. Like I was just (laughs) like, okay, okay. I can do that. I love that so much because I, it's just hard. It's just hard to, I think with like how society is, um, structured, even though we did have quarantine to kind of have time to ourselves and rest and reflect and all of that stuff. It is really hard to sit and trust. I think that's like the hardest part of it all because half the time, like, I'm like, I, my mind is just racing and I just am always stressed and I let the stress kind of engulf my, my, my actual, you know, wanting to receive. So I I think how you explained it was, was pretty beautiful. And it like, maybe be like, okay, yeah, I can do this. Right. It's it was like a reminder (laughs) from the universe. Like, no, no, you got this. Just remind yourself, be present, be open. (laughs) Don't don't stress so uh, much. Yeah. Like last night I taught my first class ever. Oh, and I was thinking to myself, should I plan for it? Should I write everything down? Yeah, I was like, Nope, I'm just going to let things go how they're supposed to. Uh And it was so scary to do that. Because I've always been such a planner. But when I started teaching got into a flow, and uh, it was very interactive. So it keeps the conversation going, it keeps a healing going. And it ended up going really well. So oh, when that's you, awesome. Yeah. When you just take a step back, it could actually be one of the best things that you can do. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. Did you, when, so what, 
when you were younger and like into adulthood, were you always this open and patient? Cause you just, you come across as such like a sweet soul who has a lot of patience and is just very understanding. Were, is, has that always just been you or have you kind of adapt and grown into it as you've gotten older? So the patience has always been there at my core, uh-huh. but I also did have to welcome it in an expressive way, kind of like how we're doing on this podcast. I wasn't always comfortable with uh, opening up mm-hmm. and uh, allowing patience within my space. And uh, I learned that through some unhealthy female friendships that I had in high school and college. I was always surrounded by friends who were embodying unhealthy masculine traits. And what that means is we all embody a masculine and a feminine. So masculine traits are like being protective and a provider and, and giving and holding that space while the feminine is very much like intuition creativity and receiving. So when I would be around these friends and I would be patient and feminine and open, I was kind of shut down for it. Uh, And uh, so then I was taking in all of their energies. And then finally, when when the pandemic happened, I had to look inward. Mm -hmm. Then that's when I built up my patience because I started to realize why I was attracting uh, those situations and people uh, into my life. And if someone uh, does something bad to you, that's not any excuse. It's just being aware of how that made you feel Uh and how you can shift and to change that. Yes. I, I think we've all gone through relationships like that, where you definitely are like, this isn't really benefiting me and this doesn't feel right. But you know, when you're younger, you're kind of, and even when you get older, you're like, but I'm still attracting this type of energy. So it makes sense what you were saying that you kind of have to look inward and accept how you're feeling. Cause I feel like when I was in situations like that, especially with females, I would feel weak if I was more tapping more into my feminine energy, like you said, rather than my masculine. And that's a really frustrating feeling when you are naturally an empath or an intuitive person, I would say. So it almost made it feel like I need to shut these, these thoughts out, you know? And I don't know if that's kind of like, I I need to, it felt like I was pushing away what was clearly a natural side of me. I don't know if that if a lot of people that you work with feel that way and how do you coach them to kind of get more comfortable with that side of them so it all starts with coming back to who we are at our core Mm -hmm. and uh, I love to start from the beginning so starting from childhood and then working our way up So for example, when I was breaking down the different relationship dynamics in all areas of life, when I was reflecting and shifting and growing, I was 
saying, where did this pattern come about in my childhood? And how Mm -hmm. is that applying to where I am now? So for example, my mother was very feminine and soft as well, but she Mm -hmm. also she was also attracting the same kind of relationship dynamics as I was then attracting. Yep. So I love to encourage people to dig into their childhood. And it it can be a scary place for some people because there are people who have gone through a lot of uh, trauma. But then that is where we learn how to relax and to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Because when we're being coached through it, we are now in a safe place to come into those emotions and to release them. So that is always the best place to start. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we can kind of create a clean slate to start rebuilding and putting together everything that is within us that we are worthy of and worthy of bringing forward into the world. Totally. That's, that's awesome. So basically whether, and I feel like when you're a child and growing up, you really don't have that much control who's in your life versus when you're an adult where you can actually make choices. Like I don't need that type of person in my life anymore, but as a child, it seems like the relationships that are around you really influence. I don't know if, if saying like how you are as a person or influences your choices. Cause like you said, we, we are who we are at our core, but they, you, the relationships around you definitely influence you in some way. Right. Yeah. And uh, people actually don't realize because we see kids have so much energy Sorry, my dog is barking at. Oh my god, it's barking totally, at. totally fine. But people don't realize that kids are actually in a state of mind that would actually be the equivalent to an adult being in deep meditation. And we don't realize that because we see kids and we're like, they have so much energy and they're so playful and they yeah. they just want to run around all day. But really, in their mind they're in a state of mind that is so, so deep. And they're taking in every little thing, every little detail. And uh, like I was saying before, when we're a child, we can see our natural gifts and incorporate that into our life. And that's Uh all uh, present as a child is taking in uh, these energies. But then it explains why over time, we grow apart from that and we start to embody different patterns and beliefs because we've had years of being uh, like in a deep state of hypnosis nonstop 24 yeah. 7 mm-hmm. and that then starts to affect us as we get older uh, yes yes that's like <laughs> that's it that that makes so much sense and like what what is your opinion on the current generation of children and kind of like the influence of social media. I've been talking a lot about this because I work with kids and, and then it's just like social media is everywhere. It's like, it's just how it's a part of everyone's lives now. 
And I'm noticing that it's having a, it's, it, it is influencing children in a different way that I didn't experience personally. And I don't know sometimes it's, if it's for good or if it's for bad, I'm, I'm not, it's, it's hard to, to tell, but it is definitely a big influence in children's lives currently. Yeah. So uh, I'm actually still pretty young. I'm 19. So, oh, yeah, I've so had, you get it. I've, yeah. I've had a balance of having that childhood that was being outside and not involving technology. And mm-hmm. then in uh, the early teens, like technology and social media starts to come in and it just affects everyone's lives. There's so many teens using these platforms. That is a very good point. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, kids go on to these. And um, the problem is that our our culture, our mainstream culture, it doesn't push forth the things on social media that will help to elevate us. It pushes the things on social media that is going to set us back. Mm-hmm. So for example... This kind of going to lead into another topic, but kind of has to do with self-love and feminine health, which are things that I really love to talk about. I'm here for it. So, for example, (laughs) (laughs) on uh, social media, we see a lot where people talk about, like, sexual expression and liberation Mm -hmm. and all Mm -hmm. these things. And then we have young teens who who are copying it, thinking that they are empowered and loving themselves yes and actually this energy is so so sacred and it doesn't mean that we can't talk about it because i actually believe the more we talk about it the more it'll help Mm -hmm. but it is one of the most open ways that we can take in either the best energy or the worst energy yes yes and uh, when it happens on social media It can turn into addiction of external validation. And then we see so many teens coming into the social media space where they're like, I'm free, I'm liberated, posting sexually suggestive pictures Mm -hmm. when they're actually harming themselves and setting up a very rocky foundation for Mm -hmm. what intimacy will be for them in the future. And then we see a pattern of the the teens becoming women and adults. And like all of this affects men as well, but we're kind of on the topic of uh, women right now. Yeah. So then we start to see women who have a lot of menstrual pain. We see uh, 70% of women reporting uh, pain with intimacy at some point in their life. 70%. That's a high number. uh, I had no idea. 70 is a lot. Yes. And uh, it all starts with the foundation. Mm -hmm. So if we can uh, turn social media into almost like an online resource as opposed to an online entertainment station external validation sort of setup mm-hmm. then it can really start to help a lot of people it's just bringing awareness to how that is affecting people oh wow i feel like you just you broke you break it down so 
in such a it's such a great way because everything you said, I think all of the listeners can whether they relate to it in their current lives now or they see it in someone else in their life. It's just it's everywhere that and that open energy of like you open your phone and just you don't know what you're going to get. You could get you could get useful information and inspiring positive energy coming to you, but you can also get this kind of toxic projection of insecurities, I feel like that and it's just from we're always on our phone, so it's always there and I I just keep talking about this because I really do think it plays it it influences our lives in a very it plays a big part in our lives. It just it just does right now. And and that's okay. But I think what you're saying is using it in the correct way is all we can do right now as far as like if you're trying to influence. Cause it what I'm assuming you believe in, I don't know if it's true, like the more people who are like you or I or other people who I've had on the podcast who are like who are using social media to help others and exude their confidence and their self-love. That's the type of, that's the type of content we want. I just think it's going to be hard to, you know, we can only add what we bring to the table, but I do think it is hard because it's so, the internet is so vast. It's like, how, how do you control everything? It's just, it's kind of like a part of life, right? Yeah. And uh, like, if someone's an adult, then, you know, you have your free choices, you can Mm -hmm. do whatever you want. But the majority of people don't realize what they're taking in all the time. Yeah. So, uh, you know, someone who is uh, struggling with uh, certain things in their mind, and are using social media as a projection, they have that free choice, they can they can do whatever they want. But it's up to us to see that and put a boundary in place and be like, okay, I see uh, the first sentence of this post. I know it's going to be heavy. I don't want to take this in. Let me go past it. Yes. And when we're scrolling, we get into like a mini hypnosis. Oh my gosh. uh, Yeah. You, uh, you feel it too. Sometimes I feel like everyone always talks about this. They're like, I went on TikTok and three hours later, I was like, oh, wow, three hours just passed. And when you say it like that, like you go into a hypnosis, like that's intense. You know, like when you do think about it. Yeah, especially with trends and stuff too. If something's a trend and you see over and over again, you see the same statement over and over again. Well, that statement is attached to an emotion, which then creates a belief. Mm -hmm. So we could have our own, opinion on something and then we just see something trending on social media over and over again we're like oh my opinion has changed when really no you've just been in a hypnosis on social media it's so (laughs) scary that's so scary to think about that is so (laughs) scary oh my gosh but it really it's just it i i think about this so often so and i and i'm and i think i I think about it so often because I'm really trying to be good about setting boundaries for myself with social media and the the influences that I I accept and receive because it I've noticed that 
to be completely raw and open, like social media affected me in a really negative way. It made me really not like myself or feel like I need to change myself. I think it held me back in ways. So I, I'm very much about setting those boundaries and it is hard. (laughs) And sometimes like when you're in that hypnosis, you're like, wait, wait, no, 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 no. You, you do it like midway. You're like, okay, no, I got to get out. But it is, it is good to start the process of being conscious of it. I think. Yeah, hundred percent. And, uh, like what I really try to put out on social media are things about like allowing ourselves to, to embody our feminine because mm-hmm. when, when we're constantly putting stuff out, we're in like a very masculine energy and masculine energy is not a bad thing at all. Yeah. But a lot of people tend to get into an unhealthy trait of that where, uh, this all connects back to uh, projecting and seeking validation from mm-hmm. from uh, the external. Sure. So for for men in general, or people who, yeah. So for males, how is the feminine energy? Is it something that you find they reject because of society and and stereotypes of if a male has any sort of like feminine energy. I know it's more accepted now because, you know, we're people can be gender neutral, non-binary. And so it's great that we are accepting all genders, but I do feel like men specifically have an issue with exposing their feminine side. So the masculine and feminine energies aren't, they're not connected to uh, whether someone is male or female. They they actually, in a way, kind of represent the right and left brain oh, because okay. the, the different traits are uh, separated in that. And to go off of what you were saying, a man can only I had this planned out so well, no, and then I good. just like no. forgot it. Take your time. Take your time. I can edit everything like so it doesn't sound, you know. So take your time to think what you what you wanted to say. So a man who can embody his feminine, which for a man, femininity would be uh, being able to understand and receive emotions mm-hmm. can be in his masculine. Because okay. a lot of men today are embodying an unhealthy feminine, which is like dependency, uh, lack of boundaries, things like that. And actually, in the past, I believe, 25 years, testosterone levels in men have gone down literally 50%. Whoa. Which is a problem because that also uh, can tie into uh, fertility issues that people may be experiencing. And then along with that, we see women embodying more masculine traits Mm -hmm. in an unhealthy way, such as being overworked and overtired. And we have a trend of, you know, women need to hustle and grind, but actually that interferes with our own hormone production, Uh which is good for our entire body. So 
for example, with uh, femininity and feminine energy, when we connect to our intuition, for example, which takes a lot of receiving, we begin to stimulate the pituitary gland, uh-huh. which helps in the production of progesterone, mm-hmm. which helps to reduce anxiety. It helps mm-hmm. us to make uh, clearer decisions. It helps us to keep us less stressed. Mm-hmm. And uh, also when we are in our feminine and we embody creativity, for example, that results in the production of uh, oxytocin, mm-hmm. which is that feel-good love bonding hormone. Totally. But so many women are rejecting that. Oh my so gosh. We have, we have women who are rejecting their femininity, and then we have men who are rejecting their masculinity. And as a result, we're seeing this reduction of the literal hormones wow. that's affecting our entire mind and body. So when we come back to, you know, obviously sometimes the men can be more feminine and women can be more masculine at times. Yeah. But we come when we come back to our natural biological state, uh-huh. then it helps the overall dynamic between men and women as well as our overall health. Sure. Oh, wow. And that also makes so much sense too. That, that is, yeah, I, I feel like I I was thinking when you were talking about women feeling like they have to work, work and, and, and hustle. And like, I don't know if it's that to prove themselves, to prove their strength, like that I can be as strong as a male. I can work hard. I know I can. And it I'm, I'm, this is just a question that I'm asking. Do you think having the, when women are tapping into their masculine side or masculine, um, energy is, am I saying it correctly? Or what, what, how do you masculinity, masculine energy, it all kind of really, I just want to make sure I'm saying correctly. They, and, and that, that feeling of like, I need to do this, like, for instance, I, I'm getting, I'm close to 30. I need to start having a child soon. Like that feeling of like, I, I need to start things going. Like I need to, I need to keep going and hustle and find someone and eventually have a kid before I reach this age, because if I, I may not be able to have a kid and just that thought process in general, which I've, I've had, it makes me feel like it probably lowers hormones just from thinking like that. Yeah, well, when it comes from a a stressed place, Mm -hmm. it it can do that. But also our society, while it's great that like everyone can go out and and work and do what they want, it's not structured according to our natural biological state. Mm -hmm. So for example, a, a woman is at her prime fertility between the ages of like 18 and 24, 25 ish. Yet we see uh, women uh, finishing college at 22 or 23. Mm -hmm. And then we also see our culture kind of, I can't find a better word other than crapping on the idea of motherhood. Mm -hmm. So then because women are not prepared mentally for this, then it, it can create a resistance and 
I'm going to talk about this in terms of like the universe and how we attract everything. Sure. But when, when we are told time and time again, that we're too young or not ready or whatever it may be, then we start to put up that resistance. Sure. And then it can start blocking the right partner or relationship from coming in. Mm -hmm. It can block our own our own self-love and focusing in on ourselves because we're putting out this this idea of well I'm reaching this point and whatever it may be mm-hmm. when leading up to that it's best to look inwards and mm-hmm. connect back with ourselves mm-hmm. because once that time comes there's no turning back sure yeah there's no turning back mm-hmm. and so uh, something that I believe that we really have to change specifically around this topic. And I actually, I was actually done reading for people with their unborn children. And I'm actually starting to get back into that a little bit. So something that we can change within our structure and how we approach just women's lifestyle in general is to, to not make women feel like they shouldn't aspire to be a mother and to have a family mm-hmm. because our intuition actually grows at that point. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't have my, cho- my own children yet or anything, but mm-hmm. I really dove into this topic and kind of noticed like where people say that women are empowered versus them being weak and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I think that if we can start to shift the way that we promote women's lifestyle with both work and family and everything like that, we can start to shift the overall mindset and behaviors Uh and relationships around that whole topic. Mm -hmm. Because what I think we're being, it, it, it almost is like right now, the standard of being a mother in today's society or what we are receiving or seeing on any media platforms is that if you have a kid when you're younger, like let's say between those ages of like even 16, 20, 22, whatever, it's like, that's too young. You're not experienced enough by then. And then it's like, okay, so you go to college and then it's like, but after college, you have to experience the world. You're not ready for a child. And then you're like, okay, that leads me to like, what, 25, 26, 27. And it's like, yeah, hopefully at that point you will have met someone and then you will be able to, to invite a a child into your life. And then you're like, okay, but that's like such a small time block. And then, and then it goes into once you hit your thirties, you the time that the time is ticking, you, you got to get on that. So it's like, wh- I feel like the, the, what we're being, what's being shown to us is what I'm saying, or what's being talked about or people's opinions, like, like you were saying before, the opinions that we read when or intake from social media, it really makes, I think women now in today's society re- kind of have that have that block with with children whether or not you want to have a child or adopt you're like 
I don't know when I'll be ready because I'm not meeting these societal standards. And yeah, I'm sure it has an effect on our hormones and our, our mindset and probably whether receiving energy from a partner that you match with and you could potentially have um, a child with. Yeah. And this is also affecting men as well, because studies actually show that the school system actually is more catered to women rather than men. Mm-hmm. But then we see young men graduating high school at 17 or 18 and going to college for four to six years and then then going to work and having a full-time steady job. Mm-hmm. So then we're also setting back men because naturally as a, as a woman, when you get to that point in your life, you, uh, you want someone who can be a provider. Sure. Mm-hmm. But then we have society putting that opportunity off for men to generate wealth and to generate that stability and security mm-hmm. for their own future relationship. Yes. <laughs> yes, totally, totally. That is, it makes so much sense because even like, I feel like it's it's becoming more accepted, but the stereotype of you know, a male being this, they literally, the stereotype of being like a stay at home dad. I feel like people put the quotations around it because they're like, oh, he's a stay at home dad. And you're, and you're like, okay, but that's okay. Why does it have to be always the, the female who stays home? Why, Why does it matter who ends up taking care of the children and who ends up bringing in money? That's still a teamwork to create a family it shouldn't be based off of gender yeah and i can see that affecting people it's it's always still a teamwork however uh, going off of your example it's actually been shown that families in those situations report less intimacy less connection with their partner so even though you know, of course, if someone is in that situation, that's fine. If it works for you, great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when we look overall, it actually has a negative effect on on the partnership, on the romance in the in- partnership and the marriage. Inter- because is there that sort of resentment in a way or that is developed from the stereotypes of like the 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 male feels like I'm not worth enough because I'm the stay-at-home dad and that doesn't make me look, you know, I'm I'm not being the provider per se. And then the woman is like, I'm, I'm out in the world hustling, making all the money and he just gets to stay at home and has the easier job. So is that where the disconnect comes because of the, the mindset that the society projects on us as far as that relationship with a male and a female? I think in this situation, it would come from an evolutionary standpoint. Okay. Because if we go back thousands and thousands of years, the men would go out and, and fight and bring in, bring in a lot of food, uh, like maybe it was a bear or a deer or Mm -hmm. however they had things set up. And uh, the women would, would grow crops and fruit and 
make a house a home. Mm-hmm. And we also have to look at, you know, how men and women were naturally built because, uh, you know, a woman can be very strong and, and mm-hmm. athletic, but the differences between a man and a woman kind of go with the different duties of the home that we associate with both Mm -hmm. if that makes sense so I think before even ever getting to that point there are traumas that have to be uncovered and worked through Mm -hmm. you have to return to yourself before trying to change yourself Mm -hmm. in like 180. I think that makes sense for just like anything in general before you get into a relationship a serious one, you should, you should heal yourself. You should, you should look into yourself and, and get yourself feeling at its best before you incorporate another person into your life and form this partnership. So I totally understand like dealing with your trauma and healing yourself should be a priority for people. They should put, people should be putting themselves first and, and being like, okay, I, I want to live a happy life. I want to enjoy and what I'm doing. I can't live and be blocked off by my trauma for years on end. And so I think everything, I, I, I definitely relate to what you're saying in that sense. Dealing with the trauma helps with so much. And it also just helps you to be a more relatable person, I think, because you can say, I understand what you went through or, hey, you're not alone. I've been through something similar. So I think it's actually, although it's so scary to deal with trauma and to like think about going through that process, because I know for me, I was like, ah, like I just avoid, 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 cope in toxic ways. I think once I was like, okay, I have to do this. I have to, I have to deal with some things. I have never felt so free once I've done that. Yeah, and I think it's so great that we're making it normal to to heal and to grow yes. and that this is this is a thing that we are seeing now that's becoming a normal. But on the other side of the spectrum, we also have a huge victim mentality in the collective. So mm-hmm. we have people we have some people acknowledging their trauma and and going through a healing process or whatever it may be. But then using that as, well, uh, you should give me this because I went through that mm-hmm. rather than I, I had this trauma, I healed it, I went through it, it was really hard, but now this is what I'm doing with my life. Now this is how I've grown. This is how I have shifted. And uh, I think that, I, that acknowledging that should be a huge, huge priority specifically within a community that is all about healing and self-growth is to say, uh, you know, you went through these things, but don't use it as, as a means of uh, trying to get people to give you things. Yes. Because, because you want sympathy. It's about how can you come on top as a warrior instead? Yes, Katie, that you I am loving everything that you're saying because I feel like you are breaking it down for us in a very 
obviously not it's not simple because the topic or the top what we're talking about isn't just is, is not simple at all but you're you're saying it in a very just a, a way that i think people can receive and retain without feeling overwhelmed i think that's what that's what yeah, i'm trying because, to communicate <laughs> yeah we did because we did get on some topics that can be a, a bit triggering to people you yes. know but I, I do my best to deliver it in uh, the most positive, loving no, way as possible you, you for do. our listeners. And, and also it's, it's, and the reason why I did this podcast is like, I don't want it to be so, I want people to be real. You know, I want us to talk about things that are difficult. And so I appreciate how you approached a lot of these topics because I think you did it in a very a positive way, but a, a way in which you're very respectful. And, and I love that. <laughs> I, I really am like, I'm loving talking to you right now. Cause I feel like I'm, I'm learning so much, or I don't know if it's, if it's even that I'm learning, I'm, I'm hearing things that I maybe have are being sent to me from the universe, shall we? Like I, I and so I'm really, I hope that a lot of the listeners receive the same messages from you or information and it resonates with them yeah i had so much fun doing this i loved talking to you about all of it you are you are wonderful at talking so if people want to take a class with you do a one-on-one session where can they find you what do you offer specifically i know you said a little bit at the beginning but i want to put that little plug in for you right now yeah, so uh, the best way to find me would be on Instagram at underscore Katie Williams 919. Uh, and on there, I post information about classes and offerings. I just recently started doing classes, so it's not going to be consistent quite yet. But I always put that update out there. And then the sessions that I offer are uh, intuitive readings. So I have a half hour and a one hour option. I offer intuitive coaching, which is for if you want to receive that intuitive guidance, but also go through the healing and the practicalities of coaching and combine that all into one. And I also have feminine embodiment experience, which is a one hour session. So uh, if you want to connect with your divine feminine if you want to connect with your womb space that is perfect i like to think about that as more of a light-hearted type of session because i can do readings within that session for communication with the future children mm-hmm. however if that is an aspect where it needs healing and you want healing then for that i would recommend the intuitive coaching Sure. Okay. That's awesome. I please everyone follow Katie. I'm sure reach out if you um, are interested in any of her services. And before we go, because I do think you're a wonderful influencer to the world and people definitely need your guidance and, and just the energy that you're giving off. What what do you want for people with their self-love journey? If you had to sum it up in like a, in a response as, as someone who is a caretaker, a giver to the world and people, how, how do you want to them to approach this journey? 
I would want them to first recognize that they were created in God's image. And uh, if there's a listener who uh, doesn't resonate with that, but resonates with universe or creator or source, that's completely fine. But you were created in this perfect image. You are you because uh, you are the only you that will ever exist. And uh, to recognize that through that you are worthy and you have the power to go through with everything that you want to accomplish. The journey is not always going to be easy, but it will be worth it when you see all of the different shifts and perspectives and changes and abundance that you start to experience by coming home to yourself. Oh, that's, that's so wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. I I cannot believe you were 19, Katie. You are, you are wise beyond your years. That is, (laughs) I would have had no idea if you didn't say that. So I'm just so impressed by you and our conversation. So I hope that everyone enjoyed it and reach out to Katie if you are interested in any of her services. So thank you so much for being on the podcast, Katie. Thank you for having me. Of course. And that's a wrap for today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you all for listening and supporting the podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Beautifully Nasty Pod and on Twitter. And if you want to ask a question to be featured on the podcast, or if you'd like to be a guest, please check out our new website. It's launched. I'm so excited. It's so beautiful. And everyone go check it out www.thebeautifullynastypodcast.com. I'm super excited for that. Please check it out. Let us know what you think. And um, remember to like, subscribe, review, rate the podcast. That is always helpful. You know the drill. Please, 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 if you do anything this week, do one thing to love on yourself and just take care of yourself. Do something that makes you feel happy. All right. See you later. Bye.